You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Someone was asking the man of God. He said, Can you give me in a nutshell the secret to success? In a nutshell. (laughs) He said, give it to me in a nutshell. You know, just like in one word. (laughs) And the answer he gave is that there are many nutty shells. Amen. (laughs) What he was trying to drive at is that there are many things. Glory to God. Alright, there are many things. Um, There's a way in which spiritual things are connected. There's a way in which spiritual things are connected. That if someone says, oh, I just want one thing, it doesn't work that way. And that's why spiritual truth has to be laid again and again. Amen. All right, because uh, let's start with Hebrews uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Let's start there. It says, therefore... We ought to give the more earnest heed. When you see earnest heed, it's talking about attention. Another word to put it is serious attention. We, give, we need to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Some arguments about this verse is that the word them was not in the original text, you know, but it still follows. Now, but the point I'm trying to make here is that the things you've heard have a place. They are a foundation. Amen. But God still has things he wants you to hear. Amen. All right? So there is no one nutshell that will provoke elevation in your life. Amen. There are many connected issues. Alright? So, we, first of all, have to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. There are things we've already heard. And those things we heard have a place in our lives. They have a role to play. As a matter of fact, sometimes the things you will hear will only make sense because of the things you have heard. Amen. Glory to God. Without those things you've heard, what you're hearing now might not make sense. So, we ought to give the more energy to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them sleep. It means it is possible that things you've heard, suddenly you don't have a grip on them anymore. There was a brother that years ago, his testimony was an inspiration. To all of us. Because he was in a service where I was teaching on giving. This was several years ago. And he caught a light from that message. And just went to do the things that the message said. And he got a car for the first time. That's how the the man got his his first car. He got a car. The car was a miracle. Because his salary cannot buy the car. 
Hallelujah. And then, after then, he got some other open doors, you know, and we were all excited for him. Years down the line, five, six, seven years later, we had a program. I believe it was convention. So the brother came to see me. He has not been stable in church or even in, in, around us. But he came to see me. Then he said, um, ah, for this convention, I, I want to be fully, I want to participate or something like that. I said, okay, no problem. Then he went and brought uh, a gallon of, we had a former site then, he brought a gallon of petrol or diesel, I can't remember which of them now. He brought a gallon, you know, and it was something really uh, that cost him, you know, so he brought it and he, he gave it for the program. Then something happened and he came again to give another thing for the program. Then he said, Pastor, Pastor, I didn't know that this giving thing works like this. Oh. You understand? I didn't know. Look at what has happened by this and this and that. He was just... So I said, ah, what do you mean you didn't know? From what he was talking, I knew he had forgotten he had a testimony before. Amen. He had forgotten how he got his first car. Hallelujah. That means that he had let it what? Sleep. Glory to God. He had let it sleep. Now, from time to time, there are people that catch things. Some people get some revelation about health. There are certain things they got about their healing and health. And, you know, I've had cases of someone that was healed of asthma. You know, and they were well for a long time. Then sometimes they say something like, oh, the asthma has come back. No, 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 no. That asthma has not come back. You got another asthma. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. You got another asthma. Glory to God. <laughs> Are we together? Why? Because the truth or the revelation that drove away the asthma in the first place, you're no more holding on to it. Glory to God. You're no more holding on to it. So you have people some financially, in their health, some concerning protection. Alright? They say, oh, I'm living in a rough area. Oh, I, I believe that he has given his angels charge over me. They got a particular word. It was in church or something. And all the time they were there, nothing like that ever happened around them. Then after some time, unconsciously for some, they let that truth in their life slip. Amen. Glory to God. And suddenly it looks like they are not the same people that were making those declarations before. Amen. You see something about revelation. Revelation is only permanent when you stay conscious of it. Amen. Are we together? Revelation is only permanent when you stay conscious of it. So, some people think that, oh, if, if, if something, you know, if that's the case, we don't even need to, after I read the Bible one time, we don't need to read the Bible again. Why do we read the Bible over and over again? Why do we keep hearing over and over again? Because sometimes these things slip. Amen. They slip from us. We lose grip of them. We lose grip of them. We lose grip of them. Someone could have a revelation about, about, God's love for him. The love of God. You know? And then the person is walking in that love of God, that consciousness of the love of God. And then after a while, they're no more giving attention to that. They begin to see the person having issues with condemnation, guilt. Are you understanding me? Because he's no more hearing that truth. And he's lost the grip. My prayer is that you will not lose grip of those things you've heard. Amen. And that's why that scripture in Hebrews 2.1 is my opening scripture today. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time 
we should let them sleep. Today, what I want to talk about in this first session is revelations for elevation. Amen. That's what I want to talk about. Revelations for, uh, for elevation. Now, when we say, re- I probably use the, word, the plural word, revelations, revelations, revelations for elevation. You know, I found out something. That for every of redemption, let me use that term, every blessing of redemption, there are different... Are we together? Are we together? Let me use healing, for example. You know, healing, if someone does not... I'm not talking about health, healing, healing. Somebody can get healed because they laid hands on him. Are you understanding me? The Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and the, and the sick shall recover. So someone can wait and say, oh, I'm, I'm having pain in my leg. Let, let me go to church. They will pray for me and lay hands on him. Another person can get healed because they anointed him with oil. Amen. In the name of the Lord. It's the same healing. Another person can be healed because he saw in scripture that by his stripes I'm healed and he laid hold of that scripture and the sickness left him. The same healing. Another person can get healed by breaking bread, taking communion and getting healed. Another person can Are you understanding me? In different ways, it's the same healing. But you know why God is so gracious to us? Because all of us might not get it the same way. Amen. Am I communicating? All of us might not get it the same way. So I said for every blessing of redemption, there are different ways to access it. Hallelujah. There are different ways to access it. So when I say revelations for elevation, your promotion I'm talking about, your next level I'm talking about. Amen. That there are different ways to access it. Amen. Now, when we talk about um, I just use healing for example of different ways to um, access it. There are people that have a revelation of divine protection. Divine protection. It means that there are certain things that don't happen. They can never happen around them. Amen. It's a revelation. They cut it. But it is connected to something. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's connected to something. Some of them, oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I don't want to preempt myself, so let me take it slowly. There are some people that are prospering in life. Let me use prosperity. And the revelation they got is giving. Amen. There are some other people that are prospering in life. The revelation they got is honor. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There are some other people that are prospering in life. The revelation they got you know, is service. In the, are you understanding what I'm saying? So the point I'm making is that when we say revelations for elevation, my prayer is that you will catch something today. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we mean? What, 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 what do we mean by revelation? Let's start from there. What do we mean by revelation? What does revelation mean? Revelation means, or to reveal means to open, to disclose, to uncover, to make visible. Are you understanding me? That's what it means to reveal. So when we talk about revelation, it says God is opening up something to you. Glory to God. Now, you cannot reveal something that does not exist. For something to be revealed, it has to exist. Are we together? So what you need for elevation, it exists. Amen. The information, the knowledge you require to experience promotion in your life, it exists. Maybe before we deepen the talk on revelation, let me just establish something about promotion. When I was reading to you the uh, text about revelation, about elevation, sorry, uh, from Psalm 75, 5 to 7, where the Bible says that promotion does not come from the south, uh, from the east or the west or the south, but promotion, but God is judge. 
Now, if you are, if, if how you are is okay, why is God still promoting? Amen? Why is he promoting? He's promoting meaning that wherever you are, there could be more. Hallelujah. Amen. There could be more. There could be more. So, promotion is something that the, the believer is destined to be to, for, for, for promotion. How, what, what do you mean by that? Because the, the, the path, the destiny of the righteous is supposed to be what? Brighter and brighter. The Bible didn't say the path of the just is a dim light. It says it's a shining light. Amen. A shining light. It's a shining light that shines more and more. King James used the word more and more unto the perfect day. That means that if you come today, if this is the level of elevation I have, come again, it will be higher. Amen. So this year, definitely, will be better for me than last year. Glory to God. Are we together? How many of you are believing for elevation this year? Amen. So, and that's why we're sharing what? Revelations for elevation. I go back to Revelation now. I say to reveal means that God opens. So it exists. That information exists. Someone can be in a place and not see what he's supposed to see. Amen. Are we together? So that ability to see or that blessing that God grants you to see is revelation. Amen. There's a story in the Bible about um, what's uh, Sarah's uh, mate again? What's her name again? Ishmael's mother. What? Okay. I thought he said uh, Rebecca. <laughs> Amen. She carried her son and was leaving the house of um, Abraham. On her way, the child began to cry. You know the story. The child was crying. And she was afraid the child was going to die because there was no water to give to the child. Then she dropped the child on the floor and said, let the child not die in her hand. Let her not see when the child will die. Then an angel came and showed her where there was water. That means she was in a place. Amen. It took an angel. Amen. To reveal to her what she needed at that time. What you need at this time for elevation, it will be revealed to you today. Amen. You will hear it in the name of Jesus Christ. So we're talking about revelations for elevation. Glory to God. But I need to lay that foundation of what a revelation is. So, a lot of times believers think that any word of God you are excited about means that you have received revelation. No, 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 no. You can be excited, but you have not received revelation. Amen. You can like a scripture, does not mean the scripture has opened. Amen. Am I communicating? You know, you, 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 you can mentally enjoy a scripture. Are we together? Maybe the way it sounds, the way it rhymes. Are you understanding me? A scripture can just rhyme, you just like it. Maybe you like rhyming. You understand that? It rhymes, you like it. That doesn't mean you have a revelation yet. Glory to God. That doesn't mean you have a revelation yet. Listen to me. Anytime a man catches a revelation, there is always a transformation. Amen. There is always a transformation. Revelation always has its effects on the person that received it. Glory to God. Are we together? So you cannot say, oh, I have a revelation, and then there's no result to show for the revelation. That means you didn't get the revelation. So, what do we mean by revelation? I'll just take a few minutes and explain a few of, of the things about that. 
I'll read one scripture to you. I'm, I'm going to use scriptures you are conversant with. Psalm 119 verse 130. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 130. Very popular verse. It says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Now, you might have heard me mention this at one point or the other. The entrance of the word. What's he talking about? He's saying the penetration. Amen. The penetration. Everybody say the penetration. Say again the penetration. In another word to put it is that the breaking through of lights. Amen. Into your heart. Gives lights. Amen. That means that you can interact with light, but it didn't break through your heart. Amen. It didn't penetrate. Revelation of light to your heart. Amen. Glory to God. That's revelation. That means that the light of God's word had penetrated your heart. You can be in church for donkey years and didn't catch revelation. Amen. Are we together? You You can be around the greatest teaching and not catch revelation. Now, in our physical bodies, we have sense of sight, hearing, taste, feeling, smell. You have five faculties, right? Uh, in the spirit too, we also have faculties of sight. That's why the Bible says, the eyes of your heart being enlightened. You know that scripture, Ephesians 1, 17. The eyes of, that the God of our Lord, God of our Lord, that the eyes of your understanding, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding is the eye of your spirit. Amen. The eyes of your heart, the eye of the inner man. That's what he's talking about. Being enlightened. That means there's an outer eye and there's an inner eye. Amen. Am I communicating? In the same way also, why would the Bible say, he that has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying. He's not talking about this physical ear now. He's talking about your spiritual ear. Amen. So we have sense of sight in the physical. We also have to see in the spirit. Now, revelation is when your spiritual eyes have seen. Amen. When your spiritual ears have heard. Amen. That's when revelation. So the word has penetrated. Amen. When the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's not talking about just this physical ear. No, 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 no. Faith has come when the revelation of the word of God has hit your spirit. Amen. Are we together? That hearing is talking about is the hearing of your spirit. Amen. Your spirit has heard it. Now we need our physical ears to hear, definitely. All right. Then it comes in. Okay. But that inner hearing is when faith comes. Amen. Glory to God. So, number one, revelation is the penetration of light to your heart. That's what I'm saying. When the word has entered, then revelation has come. The entrance of thy word giveth light. That entrance of the word is revelation. Amen. Glory to God. So sometimes why we spend time fasting and praying and meditating on God's word is that we want light to break into our heart. We are praying, we are reading scriptures, mentioning over and over again, meditating. What are we doing? We want that light to break into our heart. Amen. You concentrate. I think it was Peter that was speaking in Second Peter 1 or thereabouts. He said, we have not followed calling devised fables when we declared unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he said something very powerful there. He said, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Then he went further to talk about, 
He said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as a light in a dark place. What he was saying is that keep looking until the day star arise in your hearts. Amen. What he's trying to say is that if you don't pay attention to God's word, revelation will never come. Amen. Some of you know popular scriptures. My son, attend unto my word. Incline thy ears to my saying. Eh? I'm quoting Proverbs 4, 20. My son, attend unto my word. Incline thy ear to my sayings. Then he says, for they are life. Next few verses. For they are life. That means that it is that attention you are giving that will make it life to those that, that, uh, to, to those that hear. Amen. But you start by, go back. Go back to 20. Let's start there. It starts by what? Attending. Everybody say attending. Attending to his words. Incline your ear to his sayings. Amen. Then, 21. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Verse 22. The effect you now show. They are life unto those that find them. Amen. And hell to their flesh. When the word has penetrated, glory to God. That's victory. That's revelation. Alright? So I'm explaining revelation to you because we're talking about revelations for elevation. Amen. So I want to explain what it means to have revelation. So, someone can sit down and, you know, every day that took, you, you, you know, you can have you can be educated financially. You can have financial education, but there's a difference between having financial education and financial revelation. There are two differences. Amen. Am I communicating? You can be in ministry and have ministerial education. Are you understanding me? told you how to greet people, how to talk to people, how to, you know, that's ministry education. But there's a difference when you have revelation of ministry. Amen. A big difference. A big difference. I told somebody one time, I said, anything you are doing, remember that the devils will show up one day. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> the devils will show up one day. All right? When they show up, you'll find that the education does not work for that, for that one. Amen. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Glory to God. All right. So, number one, I said revelation is the penetration of God's word. The entrance of God's word. When the word has penetrated your heart, you can now say you have revelation. You can now say you have what? Revelation. A revelation in whatever aspect. Heart. Glory to God. Are we together? The second thing about we could define as revelation. Jesus was speaking. Um, Matthew thirteen eleven, and um, the, the, the story was that he would tell parables when the multitudes were gathered, and then when the disciples were together, he will explain the parables. So they were asking, "Why, why, why were you doing that?" Jesus made a statement, verse eleven. He answered and said unto them, "Because it is given unto you to know." The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to them it is not given. So revelation is how the mysteries of the kingdom are parted, are given to you. Amen. Are we together? Revelation is how the mysteries of the kingdom are given to you. So that means that you now know the mystery of the kingdom concerning a particular matter. Amen. Glory to God. Can you imagine now Moses is standing in front of the Red Sea? And God is not telling you to swim. God is not telling you to build a boat. Are you understanding me? Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? That's the only thing a human being can think about is to swim or build a boat. Is that not? God now said, no, 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 no. I want to show you something else. Amen. That you never would have thought of. 
That rod in your hand, stretch it. Are you understanding me? That's a mystery. Are you with me? That's a mystery. Now, to prove to you that it's a mystery, if another person carries any other rod and comes to stand there, after you finish standing, you will go home. Are you understanding me? If you come and even carry Moses' rod and lift it up, it will still not part. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because it's a mystery. It was granted for such a time as that. Amen. Oh, it was granted. Are you understanding me? It was for that time. Amen. So, revelation is how those mysteries of God are committed to you. There are times where you come and meet some challenges in life. You know, you hear believers, you know, some people even mock some believers. You hear believers say, I woke up in the night, you know, and uh, uh, I, I was having uh, an asthmatic attack. Or my health was failing me. And God told me to dance around my house three times. And I danced around my house and I was where? That was a mystery for that time. Amen. Are we together? It is revelation. <laughs> revelation means that God gives you access to the mystery. Amen. For that particular situation. Somebody said, oh, 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 my landlord came to throw me out of the house. You know, I'm sure they were already packing my things out of the house. God told me to shout hallelujah seven times. <laughs> it looks stupid, right? And he said, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody said, what's in the word here? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The landlord said, it is swear for me. Okay, I'll give you one more month. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? What happened to him? You can't explain it. You will function with revelation. Amen. The Christian life will be ordinary without revelation. Amen. The Christian life will be ordinary. And I, I pity believers that just live like normal human beings. There's no, there, there's no revelation. Amen. No revelation in anything they do. <laughs> Anywhere I go, I'm looking for the hand of God. Amen. I'm looking for the finger of God. Anyway, glory to God. I expect to see the supernatural all the time. I'm not privileged to be sharing testimonies, my personal testimony. Some of them, for security reasons, you cannot share. Are you understanding me? I'm not privileged to share my personal testimony, but I always have testimonies. Because I believe that Christianity is a revelation. Amen. It's a revelation. It's not, it's not do's and don'ts. It's a revelation. So the second thing I said about revelation is that it's how the mysteries of God are made known to you. Amen. It's through revelation that the mysteries of God are made known to you. Glory to God. You cannot learn the mysteries of God in a textbook. You cannot learn the mysteries of God in a newspaper. Amen. You cannot learn the mysteries of God. It has to be revealed to your hearts. Is it not a mystery that Jesus Christ met Simon Peter? Or Simon Peter met Jesus and said, FIRS has come for the attacks. Amen. <laughs> They've come for the attacks. So, you know, we are supposed to pay tax. And Simon, I, I, I mentioned this story just in Biosa a few days ago. And I told him, I said, do you know what Simon's concern was? Let me tell you what it was. 
You know, Simon has been following Jesus. He has not been working. Amen. <laughs> so he did not have money to pay tax. Amen. Jesus, now you cause have yes, As I said, follow you now, no more working again. Now the tax people have come. What am I going to do? Amen. God, see, Jesus wanted to prove something to Simon. That look, the supernatural, amen, is it's not just near. You are in it. Amen. Alright? And it controls everything. You know, Jesus would have just said, okay, um, okay, in the next service, let's raise offering to pay tax. Are you understanding me? Um, everybody give. Let's give. No, no. Jesus didn't say that. He wanted to prove something. He said, Simon, take your hook. Go to the river. Amen. Throw it. The first fish you will catch, you will see, a, you see money in the mouth. Go and pay. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's a mystery. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. We will experience mysteries in our finances. Amen. We experience mystery in our finances. We should expect it. Don't allow the world to bring you know, make you feel like, you know, oh, you know, no, no, no. Say, take, a, take the hook. Go to the river. Imagine Simon say, hey, fishy. I, now, you know something? Simon had been fishing all his life. He had never seen that kind of thing. Where does a fish bring out money? <laughs> Jesus has come again. No. All right, let me go. No problem. Are you understanding me? He goes. But I'm going to teach you something in this. Jesus, Simon, the life of Simon, all the miracles Simon got was just simply following instructions. Amen. Are we together? The instructions he, they gave to Simon were not instructions that look reasonable. That's not the first time God, Jesus was giving him an unreasonable instruction. Remember the one when he told him, let down your nets for a drought. Amen. It was an unreasonable instruction. Amen. But my people, if you want to see mysteries, you have to be willing to carry out unreasonable instructions. <laughs> Glory to God. So, the mysteries of the kingdom are made known to you through revelation. One more. Let me just give you another thing about revelation. I'm still talking about revelation. Ah, First Timothy 2.4. In First Timothy 2.4, it says, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? You will find the same scripture in Second Timothy 3.7. 2 Timothy 3.7 says a similar thing to 1 Timothy 2.4. 2 Timothy 3.7, ever learning, talking about a group of people, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. The, the thing that is consistent in two verses is that phrase, coming to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? So let's go back to the first one so that you see it. Read it with me, 1 Timothy 2.4. Want to go? All men and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Go to 2 Timothy 3, 7. You were there just now. Alright, read it again. Want to ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of truth. Now, that means there's something that's consistent in that, in those two scriptures. Coming to the knowledge of truth. They will say coming to the knowledge of truth. So, Another definition of revelation is coming into the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Is coming into the knowledge of the truth. 
you have entered it. Amen. Alright? Revelation is coming into what? The knowledge of the truth. And now, from the two scriptures you read, first, the one in First Timothy 2 says, God wants all men to be saved. Have you met people that are saved, but they don't understand what they, even, what they have even, you know? That means they've not come to the knowledge of the truth. They are saved. You cannot argue that they are not saved. You know, someone was telling me about, um, he said, when we we're praying for people, uh, relatives to be saved, we should pray them, we should pray well. You know, what was, meant, what was that? Imagine that, I, I try not to call the name of any denomination, but he, their relative got saved, and then now he's going to a wrong place. Are you understanding me? Because we're like, oh, are you understanding me? Now that he's not saved, he's not going to this place. Are you understanding me? <laughs> That's the work is not yet done. Are you getting me? So, coming to the knowledge of truth, imagine. That someone get God, he, you led him to Christ. He gives, receives just Christ, Lord and Savior. Wow, thank you, thank you. The next day, you just see him going to a white garment church. Are you understanding me? You understand that? He said because he wants to serve God very, and he's sincere. He said, "See, I want where they are not wearing shoes to serve God." Are you understanding me? I want see all the time I wasted not serving God. I want to serve Him very well. Are you, are you, are you, you know, you know how how you feel. Are you understanding me? He's saved. But now you still have another thing for him to come to the knowledge of the truth. Glory to God. <laughs> so, there is something about coming to the knowledge of the truth. There are some folks that are saved, but they've not come into the knowledge of the truth. The Greek word there is epignosis. They've not come to the exactness of the truth. Amen. So, 2 Timothy 3 says, said, these people are ever learning. That means that learning is not how knowledge of truth comes. Amen. Next up. Ever learning. Ever learning. But they are never able to come. You know, they can be even service now. Be writing all the notes. Uh-huh, the full stuff. Everything. Writing. 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 But they didn't enter the revelation. Amen. Amen. That's not your case in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. They are ever learning. So they hear this teaching conference going, they will attend. They hear this one going, they will attend. Are you my people like that? They are in every issue. If there's if any flyer you see on the road, just go to the conference. You are sure they will be there. Are you understanding me? You are sure they will be there. You are very sure they will be there. But 10 years from now, they are still going for conference. Eh? Now, there's a difference between, you know, the fact that we always are. Um, receiving God's word and all that. That's not they, their own. Is that they are looking for something? Are you understanding me? And they've never found it. Are you with me? They've not found it. Ever learning. They, that means revelation has not come. One of the one of the beautiful things about revelation is that when it comes, it gives you rest. Amen. Are you with me? It gives you rest. It gives you rest. Revelation will give you rest. It will give you rest. So, coming into the knowledge of the truth. That's what revelation is. It means that God has brought you into that knowledge. Most of the time when we're teaching God's word, we're not just teaching to get your head full. We're teaching to bring you into revelation. Amen. To bring you into the revelation. So someone will say, wow, after that, this and this and this stuff happening in my life. After that, I found out that this and this was going on in my life. That means I've entered it. Glory to God. They have entered it. Ever learning and never able to come. But in your case, you are entering. Amen. Entering what? The knowledge of the truth. 
Lift your hand. Say, Revelation is coming to my heart today. Say again, Revelation is coming to my heart today. Amen. Very important. Very, very important. Thank you, Lord. Now, so when we start talking about revelations for elevation, I've used three different illustrations to explain what revelation is. I started by telling you that it is the entrance of the word. Amen. Don't forget that. Revelation is the entrance of the word to your heart. Secondly, I said revelation is how the mystery of God is made known to you. Amen. All right? Then thirdly, I said revelation is how you come into the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Now, when it comes to how we function on earth as believers, every believer is living based on the revelation he or she has. Amen. Are we together? Every believer is functioning with the revelation he or she has. If you read the Bible, you find that in the time of Job, Job did not have the revelation of exercising authority over Satan. I hope you know that. So, in short, it didn't seem like Job even knew that Satan existed. Praise God. Are we together? You know, the story of Job was written after it has happened. Amen. But while it was happening, Job was not behaving like he knew because in Job's day, they blamed everything on God. Amen. Are we together? So, if, as his, if he lost his child, he said, oh, God has taken my child. God, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. That's not your revelation. Amen. Alright? Job didn't at any time say, oh, this is Satan. He thought it was God. Amen. He thought it was God that put the sickness on him. He thought it was God that did this. He thought God did everything. Why? Job did not have the revelation that there was an adversary called the devil. Amen. And do you know in the New Testament we have to be told that we have an adversary. Amen. So that you have that revelation that there is evil in the world. Amen. And then not just that there is evil, the revelation is not just about the presence of evil, but to make you understand you have authority over darkness. Hallelujah. That's very important. But some of us, the only revelation we have is that there is evil in this world. And the evil is everywhere. Are you understanding me? But they don't know the part of their authority over the darkness. Amen. So, you have believers that are afraid of the bad things that are happening. They are afraid, oh, let something bad not happen to me. Let that not happen to me. They are not thinking of whatever comes, I have what it takes. Amen. Glory to God. Whatever shows up, glory to God. I have what it takes to silence it. To put it back in order. Hallelujah. That's revelation of authority. Now, you cannot experience promotions and elevation in your life without setting basic truths in your heart. That's what we mean by revelations for elevation. So I'm going to start with Psalm 75, 5 to 7. 
it matters, you know, sometimes when we are reading the scripture. You can read the scripture out of context. You know what it means, out of context? You just pick the verse and make it mean what you think it should mean. But for every scripture, if you want to understand scripture and accept it within context, you must read the pretext and the post-text. Amen. Glory to God. That means what was said before and what was said after. So why, do you know why I've purposely picked verse 5? Our major text is verse 6. Go to verse 6, let me show you. That's where promotion is. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. That's the scripture. But we needed the pretext. Amen? So I said, let's start from five. Five now explains to you where it starts. First, it's telling you, you know, most of the time, some of us don't want to see what our responsibility is in experiencing what God has made available for us. Amen? He says, lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. It starts with you. He's addressing attitude here. Amen. He's talking about pride. Amen. Glory to God. That's basically what he's talking about. Pride. Pride. That's what he's talking about. Now, just in case I don't go very far in this first session, let me just establish something. If you are here and you've heard me talk about elevation, There are three things that you cannot escape in this understanding of elevation. One is humility. Amen. Ever say humility. Say again, humility. Say it again, oh, humility. Two, honor. Ever say honor. Three, service. Ever say service. Uh-huh. So if I didn't say any other thing, if it happens that Jesus comes before we finish the message, let it be that I've said what I just said. So before there is, you cannot touch elevation, promotion, lifting without these three things I've mentioned. Humility, honor, and service. Glory to God. Alright? You know, I read to you in the book of James, one of the Sunday services, and I was talking about where the Bible said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Huh? Then it says, in due season, in due time, he shall exalt you. Amen. Exalt is the lifting. Are we together? When the Bible talks about exalting you, it's talking about lifting you. Lifting you. It means that he's going to promote you. He's going to make people around you see that his hand is upon your life. God can magnify someone in the sight of others. Amen. One of the things he promised Joshua, one of the things God promised Joshua in the Bible, he said, I will magnify you before the eyes of the children of Israel. Amen. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will magnify you. That means that I will make them see you as they should see you. He didn't say magnify yourself. He said, I will magnify you. That means I will do certain things in your life that they have no choice than to honor you. Amen. 
So when we start talking about elevation, if God elevates you, it means that the, the people will not have any choice than to honor you. Amen. No, I've seen, I've seen elevations of God though. Amen. Amen. I've seen God elevate people. Elevate people. And let me just share a testimony of a brother that we used to know. There's this brother, you know, we used to be in a campus, uh, sorry, I say campus, in a youth, like a youth fellowship. And this brother was so down, you know, that how we even got to know him was that I think he was either they mobbed him or beat him up somewhere for stealing. That's how we got to know him. Do you know what he used to do? He would go to white garment churches. All right? You know, they used to keep some of those white garments, they keep their shoes outside. And then the ones that carry the shoe from the house, they keep it outside and go into the service. So when he goes there, he will, he will go without shoe or slippers. Stop. Go into the service. Then he will come out and wear a fine shoe and go. To sell it to eat. That's how broke he was. How much will, how much will you buy, sell a shoe? Even the most expensive shoe that you are going to resell, how much will you sell it? Amen. Bedjohn shoe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but that's how poor and broke he was. So when he said coming around us in our teenage years, you know, they said everybody looking for ways to help him and all that. So we used to give him banners to make just to keep body and soul together. Banner, you know, and all that. You follow people up and down like that, like that. So after that period, I didn't see him again. But now he has received Christ and he is available to serve anytime. The person he was even following, like what you call his man of God, he's older than the person. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? He was older than the person. If we were maybe 20, about 20 at that time, or 19, or there about, he was like in his late 20s or early 30s. But that was, he would hold his Bible. Are you understanding me? It was, that was how it was. So, years later, I've shared this story before. I was in Lagos. And we went to a place. And I say, in that place, if your leg is not strong, you cannot go there. Amen. So, we were in a queue about to eat. So, someone was behind me. And the person greeted me. I answered the way I answered any other person. Ah, well done. But the face didn't click. He said, don't you remember me? So he called my name. So I turned. Then I saw, I said, as I looked at him, I said, yeah, I, I know you now. Yes. The first question I wanted to come out is, what are you doing here? Are you understanding me? That's the first question I wanted to come out. What are you doing here? Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> you know that's the question that was, that's, what, what are you doing here? Then he said, um, please, can I pay for you? Amen. <laughs> you want to pay for me in a place that I'm not sure you're supposed to be here. Amen. <laughs> he said, let me pay for you. I was just amazed. Then he said, share his story with me. And it's a miraculous story. Now, for me, that's elevation. Amen. That's elevation. It is obviously the hand of God. He was just talking, just sharing with me, you know, now where he was serving in one particular church, this, that, 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 that. He's handling this now, he's handling that now. This is what's going on in his life. 
it was just an amazing story. You know that kind of thing? He has finished the story, he has gone. I was still thinking. You understand that? Because I know him. Amen. Because I know him. And I believe that somebody here will have those kind of testimonies and stories. Elevation. So you cannot overlook humility, service, honor. You know why? The doors that open for us to walk into our next level always come through humility, honor, and service. Amen. If I stop the message here, I've said the thing I wanted to say. Amen. The reason why a lot of believers have not sometimes been able to experience elevations that nobody, undeniable elevations. Are you understanding me? You know, I'm not talking about you just feeling that hey, my God is doing something in my life. No, I'm talking about those kind of elevations that are obvious. Are you understanding me? They are obvious. They are undeniable. Nobody can argue with them. It's that most of the time, we have overlooked the place of humility, service, and honor. Amen. Glory to God. You study the scriptures. I was telling somebody, I said, what's the issue? What, 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 does God have a problem with pride? Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. A thousand times yes. Go and read your Bible. What did he say? He said he giveth more grace. Amen. More grace. To who? To the humble. Amen. Then the Bible says he resisted the proud. Do you know what that means? It means that there are certain things happening in somebody's life. It's not the devil that's stopping him. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's not Satan that's stopping him. The Bible says God resists the proud. My prayer is that you will not be in a place of experiencing that kind of resistance. Amen. Am I communicating? If Satan is resisting you, you can bind him. Amen. Can you bind God? <laughs> Amen. So, I said, the doors that open for us to walk to the next level, most of the time they come through as what you see written on the door is humility. Amen? You say, no, it's elevation I'm looking for. Oh, I'm looking for elevation, I'm looking for elevation, I'm looking for yes, next, uh, service. No, this is not what I'm looking for. I'm honor. Yeah. So, but they said one of these doors supposed to lead is one of them. Amen? You know, it's sad to see. Let's go to Rev- Romans 12.3. Let's start from there. Romans 12.3. After that, we'll go to First Samuel 2. Follow me closely now. Let's read this together. I want to go. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. That means someone can think of himself more highly. 
That's pride. Amen. That's the pride he's talking about. He can think of himself more highly. We used to say something, it's a popular statement, that if you think you are too big to work for God, you're actually too small. Amen. I want to just share a few things with you about pride. Pride is not something that is in someone's genes. Hello? No, not necessarily. Let me explain. Someone can be born and the person was not proud. And then along the line, get proud. Amen? Are we together? Yeah? Someone might not be proud last year and get proud this year. Amen. Glory to God. One of the ways that God positioned us to deal with pride in our lives is by serving one another. Amen. Glory to God. Serving one another. You know, if you see the criteria in the, in the, in the, in the um, early church, in the New Testament early church, you know, Jesus did something one time where he gathered his disciples and decided he wanted to wash their feet. Amen. You remember the story? He wanted to wash their feet. And Peter said, no, 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 you cannot wash my feet. No, no, you cannot wash my feet. They had an argument. He said, no, I wash your feet. Then Jesus said, this is how I want people to treat each other. That's the idea of this, wash, feet washing. I, just, I, mean, I want people to treat each other this way. That means you should be willing to serve each other. Now, when you read the book of Acts, you find that a lady called Dorcas died. Remember the story? John, um, um, Acts 10 or thereabout, um, the lady Dorcas died. You know, Peter came to Joppa, you know, and then he heard that uh, the lady died and he went there and then prayed for her. Do you know one of the things they said? They said she had washed the feet of the saints. Amen. Amen. They said, ah, that lady, she's a good lady. She had washed the feet of the saints. What do they mean by washing the feet of the saints? They, she has served other believers. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, when you see someone in a church and they don't want to be in anything, they don't want to, I don't want anybody to insult me. I don't want anybody to, I don't want, they should insult you. You know, they insulted Jesus. Amen. Amen. You understand that? They insulted Jesus. Are you understanding me? They insulted Jesus. Glory to God. Who are you? Are you understanding me? They insulted Jesus. Jesus that died for you, they insulted him. Glory to God. Amen. I pray that this will help someone. So, pride is thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. Glory to God. You have a, a case where people, after a while, expect certain people to treat them in certain ways. That expectation is opening you up sometimes to pride. Glory to God. It is our responsibility to keep staying humble. Amen. Humility will not just happen. Glory to God. You have opportunities 
to choose to be humble or to be proud. You have the opportunities. Why is pride such a big deal? Let me tell you. Because pride reminds God of Satan. Amen. Always. It always reminds God of Satan. And you know how God did? When Satan became proud, God stopped him. Amen. God's response to pride is stop. He always stops. Amen. That's his response. The same way he resisted Satan. I don't get, I'm, it's Revelation we're teaching now. Revelation, alright? <laughs> the same way God's response to Satan is his response to pride. Glory to God. Always. First Samuel 2. Let's look at verse 30. Today I want to just focus on the revelation of honor. Amen. In, I talked about revelations for elevation. And I wish we'll just pick one. The revelation of honor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody say honor. Everybody say honor. What does honor mean? Another word for honor is worth. Value. Amen. Value. You honor something when you value it. You honor something when you give it. You see it as something that has worth. Are you understanding me? That's honor. But I want to use this scripture to define honor for you. Um, it says, wherefore the Lord... Let's read it together, please. First Samuel 2.30. Want to go. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said... I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Watch. There's a definition of honor here. Them that honor me, I will honor. Then it says, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That means that honor means to heavily esteem something. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? To highly esteem something. Amen. That's honor. To highly esteem. Because he's talking about being lightly esteemed. Amen. How do you know things that you lightly esteem and things you highly esteem? In how you treat it. Praise the Lord. I can guarantee you now that um, um, if a cockroach is running around in your house, you look for your slippers. You don't go and get that your shoe, that one. <laughs> Are you understand me? And start using it to kill cockroach. No, it's the esteem. You have lightly esteemed the slippers. I just said, even if it gets bad in the cause of killing cockroaches, it's not a problem. Am I communicating? Yes, you will not go and carry your Louis Vuitton. Amen. Are you understanding me? Shoe to kill cockroach. No. 
you will pick something that you lightly esteem. Now, how you even know you lightly esteem it is that when you picked it, you didn't feel anyhow about it. Amen. One of the things that births a move of God in any community or church is what the Bible calls the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen. All right? The fear of the Lord. If you read Acts, you say, and the fear of the Lord came upon the saints. Well, the fear of the Lord is not that when you come to church now, you are afraid that God will kill somebody. That's not what he's talking about. The fear of the Lord is reverence for the things that God rev- has reverence for. Amen. 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 That you, you honor the things that God honors. You highly esteem the things that God highly esteems. The idea of honor shows that everything does not have the same rank in life. Amen. Everything doesn't have the same rank. Everything is not the same. Praise God. Everything is not the same. Even among demons, all of them are not the same. Amen. (laughs) There are principalities and there are powers. And they are rulers of the darkness of this world. And they are spiritual wicked. Are you understanding? They are not all the same. There is a hierarchy. When God made the days, at least in the Old Testament, He honored the sixth day. Amen. Is it the seventh day? Seventh day, sorry. He honored the seventh day, Saturday. He honored it. Are we together? Meaning that this day. It's not the same with the other days. That day, it should be a day that you is set apart to honor me. Glory to God. Honor is so important to God that in the system that God created, he made sure that he always set up opportunities or junctions where you will have to practice honor. Have you ever thought of it? That Every human being had to come into this world through a parent. Is that not so? There's nobody that fell out of the sky. You had to come through a parent. Whether they're together or they're not together is not the issue. You had to come to this world through a parent. Then, in the commandments of God, he now says, honor your father and your mother. Are you understanding me? That means that as you come into this world, your father and mother are your first, your, the first relationship you have is with your mother. Is that not so? Every child, the first relationship you have is with the person that gave birth to you. Then that says honor. Honor. That means the value you should have for that person. Amen. Because that's where you learn how to practice honor. To prove to you how honor is important. The demand for honor starts in the house. Amen. Before the child goes out of the house, he's already taught to honor. Am I communicating? Another way of talking about honor is giving right priorities. Amen. What comes first? What comes second? What comes third? Everything is not the same. Everybody tell somebody everything is not the same. 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 Every relationship is not the same. When you see people in scripture that didn't understand honor, number one, Esau. Remember Esau? The Bible called him a vain man. What he means by vain is that 
he had no regard. That's, he dishonors the spiritual things. That's why he called him a vain man. Are you understanding me? Meaning that, what did Esau do? I want to eat. To him, food and birthright is the same thing. What is there? Take the, this thing. Sure, food is more important. Are you understanding me? Than birthright. God's value system is that, no, 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 no. What is food? Amen. The birthright is superior to food. Now, why did God not excuse him and say, okay, he was hungry. That's why he said it. God did not excuse him. Are we together? God didn't excuse him. He didn't excuse him. For the fact that he dishonored the birthright, then he doesn't deserve it. Are you listening to me? That he dishonored the birthright, then he didn't deserve it. It's the same thing we're reading here. He said he had already promised him that his house, his father's house, will walk before him forever. That's what God planned for Eli. His father's house. But because of this dishonor, he had reversed it. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? That's how important honor is. Most of the time, in the New Testament, we need to teach believers. Some of you, the honor you know is traditional honor. No, you should have revelational honor. Amen. Let me tap your number and say, move from traditional honor to revelational honor. Amen. There are two different things. Traditional honor. Some of you, you are, it's not that you are afraid of your biological father. Enter he comes back, the show is over. Are you understanding me? Ah, the biggest masquerade in town has come. Are you understanding me? You understand that? That is the traditional honor. So, hey, how can I? Hey, how can I? That's different from revelational honor. That's different. That's different. And the thing about sometimes the traditional honor is that for some people, for as long as they are still dependent or need support from that person, they will honor the person. But once that is no more needed, they will honor the person. Revelation honor doesn't function that way. Amen. Doesn't function that way. It's not about what the individual can offer you or not offer you. It's about understanding how spiritual things work. Amen. Am I communicating? It's about understanding how spiritual things work. I was talking to some people one time. I said, you know, there are some um, people that don't understand, they don't understand certain things. I've talked to especially some young ladies that maybe uh, they, they got married, you know, and then they want everybody to regard them as they're now married, you know, see my ring in my hand, you know, that kind of thing. Now, the question I always ask them is, did you, some people want to be honored when other people were getting married, they didn't honor them like that. Amen. 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 And I've seen people that got married, and because they are married now, they talk to people that might even be older than them, roughly, because they feel like, I'm married, they're married. Praise God. I was talking to somebody that is now a parent and had problems maybe with his own father. And I said, the day you became a father, your father became a grandfather. Amen. If you vex, become grandfather. You make him a great-grandfather. Amen. That's how honor is. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's how, that's how God arranged it. Amen. If you have, like, have 21 children, your father only had one. Amen. You are the only one your father had. You have 21 children. He still, you have made him a grandpa. He has 21 grandchildren. Amen. 
God so arranged it that any time you are honored, it will touch him. Amen. Am I complicating? The revelation of honor is that the value God attached to something is the value we give to it. Amen. That's the revelation of honor. There's a connection between worship and honor. Glory to God. All right? Now, because man cannot worship man, the aspect of how we show value for a fellow man is to honor. Amen. Am I communicating? Okay. But the one we channel towards God is worship. Amen. Am I communicating? But there is a worship. See, honor is an offshoot of worship. Amen. Am I communicating? Yeah. It, you have to have a sense of the value of what you are honoring. You cannot value, honor something if you don't have any sense of value of what it is. So he said, be far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. That means honor is rewarding. Amen. There's a reward in honor. Honor is rewarding. It's rewarding. It's rewarding. A lot of people have not experienced what I call dramatic elevations. Because when the doors to honor people came, they didn't take it. Amen. They didn't take it. See, there's a way the kingdom of God works. God will set you up for promotion. Amen. Are we together? There are certain things that will happen. Opportunities will come. Opportunities will come. Opportunities will always show up around you. But you see, it takes the eyes of revelation to see that this is an opportunity. And most of the time, the opportunities come like they, des- they are demanding for you to be humble. The opportunities come like they are demanding for you to honor somebody. The opportunities come like they are demanding for you to serve. Amen. But they are actually paths to elevation. So, to honor means the value God assigned to a person or a thing is the same value you are relating with. Amen. That's what it means to honor. I believe it was in Romans 13. Um, if I'm not mistaken, 11. Put up Romans 13. Okay, verse 2. Put up verse 2. Are we together? Start from 1, sorry. Just finish for sure. So I won't read everything. It runs all through down to 11. I just want to pick the part that says, give honor to whom honor is due. That should be 11, if I'm not mistaken. Seven, sorry. But now, from verse 1, when you read down, you see, let me tell your neighbor, your human relationships are as important as any other thing. Amen. Tell your neighbor that. Your human relationships. There's no, you know, sometimes people say, I honor God. How does, how, do, how is God honored? 
Amen. You honor God by honoring what God has honored. Amen. Amen. Let me just read verse 7 here. Romans 13, 7. Romans chapter 13, verse 7. Amen. Your glory is like looking like a... Didn't you, didn't, didn't you drink your own tea? Amen. <laughs> all right. It says, Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Then the last part says what? Honor to whom honor. Now this is scripture. This is scripture. This is scripture. It means that there is something about our human relationships. Amen. There is something about our human relationships. You live in this life, you have parents, you have relatives, you have colleagues in the office, you have neighbors. Are you understanding me? You have spouses. There are several relationships you have. All relationships are not the same. Amen. They are not the same. And you must recognize that. Jesus was teaching the Jews. He said, Seek first the kingdom. Priority. First. First things first. Amen. Then it says, All other things will be added unto you. That means that you should know what comes first and what comes second. Some people put what is second first. And then they put what is first second. Amen. Because they don't know what is first. You see, any believer that does not understand that spiritual things are superior to natural things will have a challenge. Amen. Are we together? That, let me use another language, that the intangibles, amen, are superior to the tangible things. Amen. I keep using the birthright issue, Jacob and Esau. Is the birthright, is it tangible thing? No, it's not tangible. Birthright is not tangible. Is there, there's no belt that they are wearing as birthright. Are you understanding me? Amen. There's no necklace they put on their neck as birthright. It's just something you are saying. But it is real. Amen. That the inheritance will go to the one with the birthright. It's real. But food is a physical thing. Esau says, ah, it's just like when I say, I beg, I beg. Leave the thing we are seeing is more important than the one we are not seeing. My brother, is not so. The thing you are not seeing is more important than what you are seeing. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. You look at even your physical body now. There are things that you are not seeing. Are they not the most important things? Can you see your brain? Can you see your heart? Amen. <laughs> but they can cut off your hand and you still be alive. Is that not so? They can cut off your leg, you still be alive. But let them take your heart. Amen. You say, ah, I cannot see it now. Do I need it? <laughs> I remember that story of one fellow that I used to live with a friend of mine in secondary school. He was just a f- full of a lot of mischief. So he wanted to get money. He was older than we were, but he was just crazy. Like a housekeeper, you know. So he 
went to blood bank to sell his blood. <laughs> you know, normally when you go, they just take a pint of blood and they let you go. You know, they just give them um, beverage, you know, uh, milk, whatever, you know, malt or something, then give them some money. So he went to sell his blood. <laughs> and then when he got there, he said, they took a pint of blood, gave him the pack and the money. He said they should take a second one, pint of blood. You know, they now said, no, 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 might take one. He said, you know what he told? They said, which are the kind of blood they do? <laughs> which are these and do? Collect. <laughs> How did we know? They carried him back. I asked <laughs> I never forget the guy's name. Chen Singh. That's what we used to call him. Madman. You know? <laughs> No, so the point I'm making is, because you can't see it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You can't see it. So, the intangible things you can't see. <laughs> even the scripture says that those things you don't see, you even give them greater honor. Amen. You treat them with greater value. Because that means that they have something they are doing. They are achieving. Don't be driven by only the things you see and feel. Amen. Amen. I pray that everyone today will function with a revelation of honor. A revelation of honor. Glory to God. Now, there are certain, we cannot talk about honor without talking about our human relationships. Amen? No. Because when we start talking about honor, in the Hebrew, the word honor is kabad. Kabad. In the Greek, to me, it means uh, value. Amen. What? I had mentioned that before. Esteem. Honor, actually, you could call it respect, but it's deeper than respect. Amen. Alright, I know it's a synonym, but it's actually deeper than respect. You know? It's deeper than respect. And in the New Testament, we are taught honor. Glory to God. We're taught honor. That if God had honored a place, honor it. If God had honored someone, honor the person. Amen. That means that you and I have the ability to recognize what God has honored. Amen. Why would God expect you to honor it? Because he knows that you have the ability to recognize what he has honored. In the scriptures... You keep seeing people that did not honor what God had honored and they got into trouble. Let's give a good example. God had called Samuel as a prophet. And then Samuel anointed Saul as king. Oh, you know that. Saul was king, Samuel was prophet. Now, they had an appointment. 
to offer a particular sacrifice to God. Amen. And they had given time. Let's assume it was 6 p.m. Samuel did not come on time. The mistake, the problem was Samuel. Are you understanding me? He did not come on time. Hello? If you follow protocol, the problem, the person that had the problem was who? Samuel. He did not come on time. So when Saul had waited and waited, Samuel did not come. He felt embarrassed. That how can he, the king, be waiting for the prophets? Are you understanding me? That everyone's waited, seated, sorry, waiting. They're all seated, waiting. And you can imagine they're sitting. And you, you know that there's nothing else they're waiting for apart from Samuel. Even the king is waiting to prove that uh, uh, somewhere, without somewhere, nothing can happen. The king said, what's there? Bring the sacrifice, let me do it. Amen. Bring the sacrifice, let me do it. What's there? Bring the sacrifice. It's not just to pour this thing. It's not just to kill this animal. Just to pour. I used to see what he does now. Are you understanding me? How does it apply to us in the New Testament? Let me explain it to you. God respects offices. Amen. Offices. Offices. When I say offices now, I know what your first thing is. Apostle, prophet. Husband is an office. Amen. Wife is an office. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes, pastor is an office. But even parents, father, Mother is an office in the spirit. Glory to God. It's an office. So God respects offices. Now, when he offered, as he was doing it, that's when Samuel came. What, have you, what are you doing? And Samuel was offended and started walking away. Saul held him. Like, ah, that's, don't walk away from me now. Are you understanding me? Just come and say, let's assume that the whole crowd is just there. You know, and then somewhere comes. They are not hearing what someone is saying. Are you understanding me? Let's assume. And they say, why will you do this? How can you do that? Okay, continue now. It starts going. So everybody knows that something is wrong. Saul expected that someone would just come and behave like he's normal. But he started going. So he held his garments and his designer <laughs> prophetic attire. <laughs> God turned. Amen. Ah, more trouble. Though. You know what someone said to Saul? He says, so will the kingdom of God be torn from you. The kingdom of Israel, the kingship will be torn from you. What created all of that problem? Dishonor. Amen. Dishonor. Saul had an honor problem. Amen. He had an honor problem. They gave them, say, go to war. God spoke to him. Go to war. When you get there, kill every animal. Everything. Spare nothing. Yes, sir. That's God's agenda. He got there and decided to do his own thing. You know, I have a problem with people that do their own thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He decided to do his own thing. When he got there, he looked. The king, Agag, he said, come, come, come. I won't kill you. Some animals said, ah, this one, how will we just kill these animals like that? We can keep some now. He kept them. And brought them. When the prophet came, he said, what's that sound I'm hearing? Amen. What's that sound I'm hearing? He said, eh, eh, I kept it for sacrifice. Listen to me. God is more interested that you honor him 
than that you try to patronize him. Amen. Are we together? So, he said, I kept it for sacrifice. Huh. That answer is a classic answer that somebody gave him. He said, to obey is better than what? Sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. Amen. That means that obedience is honor. Amen. One of the ways you honor people that you, if you say you honor someone, is that you obey them. Amen. That you obey them. Glory to God. That you obey them. That you obey them. The mistake Saul made, and you can see that Saul had that issue in his life. What about David? God was choosing David to be the next king. David, Saul had a problem with it. Amen. Are you understanding me? Saul had a problem with it. Now, another person will just say, okay, if God has chosen him, let me help him to be king. You will will survive. The new king will survive, and he will remember you in his kingdom. Are you understanding me? But he said, no, he will not be. Ah, This boy, he will not be. Saul had a problem honoring what God has honored. Amen. King Saul I'm talking about. He was the first king. Being the first king of Israel, he had the opportunity of being the one that his house will rule Israel forever. Amen. But to prove to you what God does, he resists the proud. Amen. The house of Saul ended there. There's a scripture... Um, I, I don't know if he's going to find it. The scripture says that, and the house of David grew stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker. That means that anywhere there's honor, there'll be lifting. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And God raised a new dynasty through David. But Saul was the one that had the opportunity. Amen. Saul had the opportunity. A lot of people miss opportunities for elevation because they miss the time to practice honor. Amen. I could go on and on showing you scriptures of honor. You know, some things in, in, in scripture, you know, you find that Let me read the scripture to you. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. Amen. Proverbs 18, 12. I say you cannot talk about elevation without talking about humility, honor, and service. Hallelujah. Twelve, yeah. Let's read together. I want to go. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is humility. Can, can you give it to me in a milder translation? Maybe a um, message? Message or NLT? I just want, I want the haughty word. Thank you. Thank you. Let's read together. I want to go. Pride first. Then what? The crash. But humility is precursor to honor. Is that clear? Is that clear? Pride first. That means that most of the time, when Satan, you know, let me quote a Nigerian, um, is it, a proverb. Most of you know it. It says, whom the gods want to kill, they first make mad. (laughs) That is not in the Bible, I'm just saying. 
Let me explain what it means. Satan will not have access in a believer's life that the believer did not give him. Amen. Are you listening to me? Satan cannot have, an, cannot have access that you didn't give him. So, most of the time, what happens is that opportunities to function in pride will open up to you. And he will urge you to take it. Amen. Then, that gives room. Because Satan knows the scriptures. He knows the principles of the kingdom. Amen. Oh, some of you are looking at me somehow. Let me show you that Satan knows the scripture. How many of you remember Bal- Balaam, prophet Balaam? You saw we call him Balaam. Balaam, Balaam, whatever. There's a lamb and there's Ba. Amen. Now, that's the book of Numbers, right? Do you know when the king hired the prophets to come and help him cause the children of Israel? Alright? So that he can defeat them because they are blessed. And as long as they are blessed, any time he goes against them, he loses. So he said, prophet, any word you speak, does it fall to the ground. Come and curse them. Follow the story now. Balaam came and came to curse. They paid him to curse. Let someone not come and pay me to curse you. Amen. 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 Just pay me, man. Say, please, can you curse this bread for me? It's very, it's very strange. You know? Yeah, well, he would have collected the money and cost the guy that gave him the money. All right, but, all right, but, all right, all right, all right, let's be serious now. So, he attempted to curse the people. But anytime he tried to curse them, a word from God was coming to him. Amen. And then he yielded to the word from God and started blessing them. He said, in short, they are blessed and they cannot be cursed. Are you understanding me? The man was so sad. King Balak, he was so sad. He said, I wanted to promote you to honor, but this your God will not allow you to be lifted. <laughs> that's what he told you. That's what he told you. He said, since your God will not allow you, I want to promote you to great honor. You can study it on yourself. He said, but since your God will not allow you to be promoted. All right. Then Balak said, I have, and this is the reason I'm telling you the story now, so don't forget. Balak said, I have a suggestion. Sir, if you make these people sin, God will be against them. Amen. So he knew the principle. He said, if you make them sin, you understand that? That's the doctrine of Balaam. Amen. That's talked about in the New Testament. See, this is the way to get them to be contrary to God. Hallelujah. In the same way, Satan knows if pride enters your heart. Amen. Amen. Definitely something will go wrong. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he knows. He knows. I remember a friend of mine who went to school, university together. And uh, I learned something from that experience. I, I saw in scriptures, but when I, what, what he did made me understand the scripture. He was going somewhere and a lady ran to him in school. And she said, you are the greatest man of God in this world. And he's, 
in front of everybody say you foul spirits come out of her now in the name of jesus you devil and he walked away so I said, why did you respond like she was she didn't say anything bad he said satan was trying to plant something in my heart to destroy me that's why paul resisted that philippian that girl are you understanding me what was she saying that was wrong Great man of God. Great man of God. Are you understanding me? He was vexed in his spirit because he knew the agenda was different. Amen. Listen to me. Satan will give you opportunities to allow pride in your heart. Amen. Yeah. Do you know why some people don't even pray again? It's pride. Everything is working now. Are you understanding me? Everything is working. So why do you need to pray? Why some people don't come to church? It's pride. It's pride. You no, know, you think pride is when your shoulder is up, is above your ear. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pride is an action you take because you see yourself in a way you shouldn't see yourself. Amen. That's pride. Glory to God. So, you see some folks that, you know, oh, before now, they, 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 they're consistent with whatever responsibility they're giving children. They come to a point where they begin to believe that they don't really need that. Amen. Did they, did they really need that? The value they placed on that thing starts going down. No, actually what's happening is that the value they placed on themselves is going higher than the thing. Amen. That's what's happening. And then they begin to wonder. And it surprises me when some people, I say, what, what, what have you seen? Amen. I was telling somebody once, I said, people, I, I don't know if you've, you don't even read biographies. How rich are you? Amen. How wealthy are you? People that have been former billionaires in dollars have crashed. Is it that 1.6 million you are saving your account? Amen. <laughs> that is swelling your head. Somebody's offering. Amen. People have had cars, houses, and then their house, they're homeless. Amen. I always tell people, especially if you are in a position where it seems like you are doing better, be careful. Amen. Be careful. Be careful. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of around the world.